0: This episode of the podcast is with Joseph Teske. Joseph is a psychotherapist from Canada originally, but he lives in Brooklyn, and he's a good friend of mine, and I actually met him when I first started what I'm referring to as my hero's journey, when I first really uh, took the leap into the lifestyle uh, and the work that I'm doing now, uh, studying sexuality and self-development and how the the mind works, and uh, Joseph is actually The basis of uh, one of the main characters of my book, uh, because a lot of my development came from deep conversations with him. So I I cherish him and I I credit him and discussions with him for a lot of my intellectual development. So I was very excited to have him on to speak about attachment theory. Attachment theory, you may have heard of it. It's been around for a long time, uh, for a while, but only recently has it become um, a big deal in pop psychology, Um, I think partly because of the book Attached. Uh, I, I haven't read it myself, but here is good. I already was somewhat familiar with attachment theory, um, but basically, attachment theory, and we define in the first few minutes, is a very useful model for understanding our um, suboptimal. Relational tendencies and it starts with family and our parental relationship, um, but also parental relationships. But it really shows up in our romantic relationships and even in our friendships. Um, and, you know, whether you tend to be someone who clings or who avoids intimacy, um, we, Joseph and I break this down and specifically this wasn't intended, but we, we kind of dig into the application specifically for men in dating because I think a lot of the dating advice out there kind of uh, steers men towards, um, insecure attachment patterns, because for the sake of Getting laid or having upper hand or things like that, and I'm actually a victim of that. I mean, I I wouldn't say victim. I'm using victim in quotes, but I certainly have some avoidant tendencies. And Joseph actually psychoanalyzes me a little bit on the show. Um, So uh, either way, uh, enjoy the the, this show on attachment theory, and um, because it's so uh, applicable to men specifically, um, if you are a man and you're specifically interested in dating and getting better in your relationships and developing security, which we talk about a lot in the group, and you want a safer place or a better place to have these discussions. Um, I highly recommend you join the Masculine Underground Forum. It's my private Facebook group um, for men to speak about guy stuff. Uh, so you can, you can check that out if you go to masculineunderground.com. There's a little link to join the forum. It's free. We have discussions like this all the time. Uh, stuff that I don't publicly uh, send out to everyone because maybe it's a little not PC or risque. So check that out, masculineunderground.com. Without further ado, enjoy episode 029, Joseph Teske on Attachment Theory. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, perpetual orgasm, infinite play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. All right, so I want to start with attachment theory. We might go off on many tangents, maybe never come back to attachment theory. That's why I titled the episode, so let's start there. Uh, Because I do think, you know, we've spoke about this with Armour Pani, who's been on um, speaking about, I mean, it's, uh, I guess only like popular in pop psychology recently, although attachment theory is not new. Um, But I do think it's so applicable and so useful in relationships is probably why you and I always end up talking about it when we hang out. Uh, So as the psychotherapist here, could you explain like a layman's understanding, maybe a brief understanding of attachment theory? Sure.
1: Well, I mean, attachment theory was born out of studying uh, children, infants uh, and how they bond with their primary um, primary what, what we call attachment figure, usually that's the mother, but it includes and, and sometimes is the father. Um, essentially it grows out of it's a, it's a, an, um, a neurobiological instinct It's hardwired into our systems. We're born vulnerable if we do not. Find a figure to bond with and to care for us. It's literally a life and death situation. As an infant, we would die. So <clears throat> we we naturally do this. And
0: yeah. I just want to jump in. The whole reason why we're on this is the fact that it almost always comes up for people in their adult relationships, not with their parents, the romantic relationships, their friendships, their business relationships. And these are
1: tendencies that you're that you're saying start. From your first relationship with your parents you well the, well i mean they, they are operant with our parents but we're we're we're, 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 we're really used to <clears throat> those relationships we've had a lifetime to grow in uh, or adapt to uh, or go out of those relationships we're always attached to our to our parents uh, even if we are estranged from our parents we never speak to them uh, they're still affecting Our life and how we how we navigate intimacy in that style yes you're right that the sort of what's what's grabbed uh pop culture is this idea that oh actually these patterns are uh incredibly um important for our adult relationships and and they are that you know they're they're really really important with our um romantic relationships that they're even operant in our um our our platonic friendships as well. I mean, this is all about how we deal with intimacy. Uh, intimacy is, uh, uncomfortable for most people. It it just is. It's, it's sort of Mm -hmm. this thing that is, it's vulnerable. Uh, it's, it, 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 it feels exposed. It's, it's all about navigating needs and desires. Um, and being able to sort of express those, have, it, have those met, have those not met, how do, we, you know, how do we stay in connection with other people?
0: Yeah, so I mean, before we jump into like the deeper applications, uh, there's basically three attachment styles or three types or tendencies. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say it real quick, like there's secure people who have secure relationships, that's the goal, right? That's what most people desire. And then with those who are insecure, and correct me if this is uh, not how you see it, but there's the uh, anxious tendency um, to typically cling or reach more or uh, be the one chasing after intimacy. And then there's the avoidant, which is the one who's pulling away. And um, in romantic relationships with adults, we do see anxious and avoidant people tend to link up because there's like one person chasing, one person running away. And uh, that's uh, almost across the board, we see this in every relationship that's not fully functional
1: yeah no that I mean that that's 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 accurate and uh you know I I also want to say that you know the security first of all I want I I, I kind of want to start making a caveat which is that like these three styles it's not like there are like three types of personalities and and, Mm -hmm. and and it's just like everybody is like one thing or another thing context matters people are complex and so your attachment style can differ with different people or during different periods of your life uh it's not necessarily set in stone it might be your default position but and and also you know you can build more security you can move towards secureness in your relationship so it's not like you know there's just this this group of people that are secure and they're perfect and you know they they just you know they're kind of they're lucky and, and nobody else is you know gets to have that thing often secure people can move into more avoidant strategies or more anxious strategies just like people it's like a spectrum. People can move from anxious to secure and they can move from avoidant into, into secureness as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I brought this up uh, when we were on um, Ohm's podcast about how like when two anxious people get together, sometimes the less of the two anxious people will become avoidant because they'll be like, Oh, like this person's so needy, but like, they'll be like, Oh, but you're needy in every relationship. But, like this person is so needy that it's gross. I'm going to check out like, and that happens. And the, the other the opposite happens also. With avoidance, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that, that's true. And another thing that we do is this is natural <clears throat> thing we do, but we call sort of anxious people needy, but really, avoidant people are just <laughs> as needy, if not more. Okay, they they have they have they have the yearning deep down to be seen and to see and to be felt and to, to bond that is it's like the, it's a it's it's not a it's it's not a switch you can turn off right right although
0: well, though avoidance try to and they, they try to, try to and
1: they're often very effective at it
0: yeah so they so so the, i i want to want to bring this to the personal because one thing is super interesting about you are our, uh, our discussions behind this is that uh our friendship is kind of an anxious avoidant uh pattern if you will like i i'm fair, I, I lean towards avoidance and so far, at least in our friendship, you've leaned, leaned towards anxiety. And that seems to come up a lot when we have disagreements or like, miss it. I mean, we've been friends for like five years, and this has happened yeah. a bunch. Um, yeah. I mean, to- yeah, because I, I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, I, you would say that, Joseph, right? <laughs> right? But That's me also being avoided.
1: And I, and, yeah, and I would say, you would say, Leo, you know, to me, I don't lean towards anxiety. I just, I, I keep waiting for you to, to be more secure, more, more reliable, less like all over the place and more consistent.
0: Yeah. But, but so, I mean, I, I'm now I'm speaking from my ego, so I'm not saying this is the truth, but like, um, when you say like, Oh, avoidant people are as needy. Uh, they just don't know it. I'm like, yeah, but I'm fine. Like I'm happy. I'm actually happy. I don't have relationship issues other than the no, fact that in the
1: long run, I just move from woman to woman a lot, which is like, no, not, but what, what you don't seem to see is you absolutely demand that everybody else forms their, that forms a bond with you uh, as according to how you want the bond to on be. my terms and you, and you don't compromise and yeah, it, to me which it, is good it, boundaries it, it, but that's what you're saying is either it's my way or the highway I cannot be in relationship with you unless you cater to my needs and how those feel and if you don't, then goodbye. That's that's what you do.
0: It's true. It's true. And I, I I'm, This is not even. This is just like actually what I believe in, in. Many. I see what you're saying and how it can be taken to the extreme. But I'm also saying that to me seems like someone with really good boundaries. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. But That's yeah, not, you know, that's not yeah. how healthy relationships work.
0: I, you're saying this, and I, I don't know. I know. We joke about this a bunch because, to me, it's kind of like an emperor's new clothes thing. Like you're telling me there's this thing that I, I, I don't get, um, but it's like, but I don't get it, and I'm like, just like you know, I'm actually happy. But this actually comes up a lot because, like, you and I are. Uh, I, I just read the Rational Mail, like the the Red Pill Bible, which is kind of extreme in some ways. Certainly more extreme than I am. It's kind of like an avoidant handbook, like how to be a super avoidant person, a super avoidant man who's never never hurt in relationships. He always has the upper hand with women, stuff like that. And I'm reading it and I'm like, I'm looking at it. I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly, this is like when I'm in the good place, this is exactly how I think, exactly how I, I live. Um, but one of my criticisms of the book while reading it was the fact that he doesn't talk about the importance of getting close to a woman ever. And I was like, oh, that's just kind of a bummer, <laughs> right?
1: Well, look, Ron. like <clears throat> all your life, You, 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 you say like when you're in your flow, you act like the rational male and like all you, all I see you do is constantly like immerse yourself in these communities and like processes in order to get closer to being connected and to, to be able to be vulnerable and to actually share feelings. Yeah, because it's fun. I'm not saying I don't want. I don't want to have relationships. That's, that's fun. It's fundamental. It's, there's a fundamental yearning there. It's in you. It's I don't know. I
0: don't know. I uh, I don't know if I agree with your psychoanalysis of me, but I do agree that I like. I do have some negative tendencies. Like for instance, like I, I can see. What I can see is that on a macro level, and I look how I've been going from like just say rom- romantically from moment to woman every year or just about almost. And I'm like, that's not really what I want the rest of my life. Uh, I agree with you on that, which is why I'm even, which is why I've I've been having these discussions with you and Omar Pani. Like, I know that when I'm 40, when I'm 50, I don't want to just have another 10 girlfriends, Uh you know. So, um, but it's also something I'm I'm wrestling with because I do want to have a family and stuff. So, the reason why I thought this would be an interesting uh, discussion and why I'm going to post this to the masculine underground is that I think the the red pill stuff, like the rational male. All the dating advice is kind of for like telling nice guys who I think nice guy syndrome is kind of an anxious uh, manifestation. I don't know if you see it that way. Um, like a lot of it's like you're ex- you have expectations of being met in a certain way that's not being met by women. So a lot of the antidote to that is to be a hard ass, to be avoidant, uh, to be icy, whatever, which can also be taken to an extreme. Uh, I might be I might be generalizing, but this is generally how I see it. Um, but now the, the result is you have these guys who can get laid a ton who don't have their heart broken and they, they die alone. Is <laughs> the, it actually gets addressed in the rational mail, how that's a myth, which I'm not sure if that's true. And I don't want to, I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to wait till I'm 80 to find out if it's true or not.
1: That they die alone.
0: Yeah. Die lonely or upset yeah, or right. uh, I wish I, I wish I settled down with somebody. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, so I, I'm curious. I mean, you know, uh. Unless you're about to say something. I think I cut you off. Uh, No, go ahead. Yeah, so with with dating advice, and I think most of the people who listen to this will probably be men who are interested in dating or, you know, whatever, something like that. Um, How do you... uh, What's your take on the rational male, actually? (laughs) And the whole... uh,
1: In the lens of uh, avoidance and attach and um, anxiety. Well, I haven't finished. You know, I haven't finished mm-hmm. it, but but I mean, it's like again, it's like to me, there's there is something appealing to like being sort of armored and kind of existing, like, um, you know, hey, like you know, I can I can I can get any girl and like not feel not feel uh, pulled into her orbit, and you know, like sort of lose my my masculine center and start to feel, you know, attached, start to feel out of control. I mean, all of those things, like they sound really good. And I still think it comes down to like, like, as you know, if you're using yourself as even as example, like, like nothing feels better in some ways than to be crushed by God or be crushed by the feminine, or be sort of surrendered to uh, the emotion or the unknown.
0: Yeah, it's it's so funny because like half of me agrees with you. Yeah. They also have this voice, this voice in my head that's like, "That's some pansy shit." That's <laughs> like, fancy shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, but it does feel good, and it's like, and and there is that that sort of. I mean, I would be really interested to know, like, how many of the, the rational milk community are in successful relationships. I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, sure, that might work. It's like any, any you know, PUA pickup system like has, is, has its like effective uh, aspects of it to an extent. But we, we, we talked about this like f- six years ago <clears throat> that, you know, uh, strong vulnerability was kind of like emerging out of these things as kind of the next step, because it seems like there's, there is a journey in, uh, in, in sort of with, with, with with these, whatever schools of thought that, that they create a kind of a journey in the man. If they're, if, if, they, if they're, if they're good, uh, schools that the, the actual like next step is, to become more like uh third way man is a data like, like yeah third uh, because what's next like uh, you, you know you pick up you pick up uh, a woman and then but you but you think she's great and you really like her like what's so now you have no no ability to like continue really except like with her at kind of arm's length and you feeling like you're you know you're im im you know impregnable uh and 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 she's not really really getting in and she's unsatisfied and she's you know and and you you're aware that
0: well oh i mean this is now we're we're really kind of grossly generalizing uh that maybe she's not dissatisfied maybe she's actually she's just as cuz like the whole thing with Rollo's book is right. that it, at least from what he's saying assuming everything he says is accurate and i'm just taking it as it is uh, he just create, he continually creates competition anxiety in his wife. So he remains in the, he remains with all the power. He, re, he maintains the frame in his terms. His wife is always a little, he's kind of like influencing his wife to be anxious, attached. Therefore, she's always longing for him. And that's his advice to men, which makes sense if you want to always have the upper hand. Now, I, I also agree with, I do agree with you. And like part of my journey and how, like how we, we met taking the same classes is like, um, I realized like to be doing all that work for the rest of your life is really unfulfilling. It was really tiring. Um, and then to never have be able to let go and surrender, as you said, is pretty unfulfilling. You're missing out on a whole range of colors in the emotional spectrum. Um, but I still actually, you know, I go back and forth when I, when I talk to a pickup guy, I'm actually arguing your side a lot. But when I talk to, I mean, i I spent more time in the spiritual communities lately and I'm so annoyed with these guys who are dumping their anxious emotions on people. And obviously no woman wants to fuck them for that reason. Right. And I'm like, God damn it, grow some fucking balls. Like that's, I'm kind of leaning the other direction now.
1: Right. Right. Which is why I like Roller's
0: book a lot, actually.
1: But but that's, you know, to me on a meta level, that's you striving for security. Like there's a middle, there is a middle realm where, and, and these are the people like the, the secure people often they're not, like, you're not meeting them so often because they're not in the pickup community. They're not in the new age community as much. Like, like, they're, like look at ohm you know, and he, he's been married for how many years? 29 years?
0: 29 years, yeah.
1: 29 years.
0: He doesn't leave his house because he's with his wife. <laughs>
1: but, and he's secure. Mm-hmm. He, has, he, he has everything he needs in that relationship he's able to sort of like out of that relationship, he can grow what he wants. Do you think Om is constantly triggering his wife's like competition anxiety? I don't know. I, I mean, I, certainly
0: I, the fact that, I mean, the fact that we can ask him, but the fact that he is so sought after by women, certainly, I mean, social proofing still exists, whether or not you call it competition anxiety. Like it's okay. certainly. I mean, like if, if he stopped, stopped, like doing work, if he started being like a loser on every front, Certainly, his wife would lose some attraction for him. I'd imagine. I think I would say the fact that he's sought after by all these beautiful women to have experiences in some way boosts his attraction, attractiveness level. I mean, I think that's undeniable. Is it competition anxiety? Probably not. I would hope not at this point. I mean, it sounds like they they've moved past stuff like that. because like the competition anxiety is kind of like um, it's kind almost of, like a pet. It's kind of petty. And to do that for 20 years seems kind of ridiculous to
1: do it. It does life. seem kind of ridiculous, and it's, it's very, very narcissistic. It's, it's, it's like, that, that, we've never really even addressed that. It's, like, you know, here we are constantly talking about, like, what's best for us in terms of, like, our relationships with women and, you know, like, me, 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 and this is how, you know, how I feel when, when if you really want to, like, Grow some balls. It's like okay, well, like forget all that. And what do I want? And if I want an a, actual like fucking relationship, then make that a goal, and and then commit to it. And then yeah. all all the stuff in between is like you know, like, like yeah, easier
0: said than done, though. I mean, we yeah. talk about this a lot. Like neither one of us, we we both have spoken that we want relationships, but neither one of us are actually doing exactly what you said,
1: right cleave to the goal and because and, mm-hmm. that takes that's the real fucking balls it's like actually like here's what i want like this is what i want and like a lot of a lot of potential mates are going to not be a fit they're going to reject you you know and and, and then you know you're going to get involved even with people and then a year later they're going to reject you And it's like, oh, my God, you know, did I waste a year of my life? You know, how much worse does it feel to be rejected a year later? Unless unless
0: you're the avoidant who
1: is the one rejecting all the time, too, right? Um, Yeah, but but for you, it would be, you know, you you would have to, like, talk about a leap, uh, a, a risk for you to be like, to actually, like, one day drop. That, like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna leave first and be like, I'm 100% all in for this. I'm head over heels. Like, I really fucking want this. And to actually, like, sit in the discomfort of that and be like, yeah, like, this is, this is like, this woman is part of the world that I wanna build for myself. And, And like, without her, like it's, it's, it would be like something would be missing something, something poignant and, and important would be missing. And then, and then have, have to, have to know that, yeah, like she's, she might leave, you know? Yeah. That sounds terrible.
0: <laughs> and also a little foreign to me in some ways. Like, cause I, I, I mean, you know this personally, but like in my last relationship I went in knowing I had this avoidant pattern, but I don't want to continue. And I, I moved in with her kind of probably too fast with this idea, like, I'm going to fight my avoidant patterns. I'm not going to uh, pick out all her, uh, all her flaws within two months and stuff. But then I realized I kind of committed myself in, in a way. I mean, you might laugh that I, I stayed in for nine whole months, you know, but I, 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 I kind of committed myself to someone who I actually didn't want to be with uh, on many levels. I can see that now. Um, uh-huh. So I don't know. I, I go back and forth on the whole thing. It's complicated.
1: But you um, you know. But but you're already kind of like you're looking at it like it was, which is again, it's kind of avoidant. It, or let's just say it's it's insecure because it, this would be also on the other end of the spectrum. You're looking at it like it was like a big mistake. Like, like you kind of, you kind of like it wasn't. It wasn't the optimal decision. Is what I'll say. Something that was unfamiliar to you and felt a little bit uncomfortable, and like you, and you took a risk, and and it didn't didn't work out the way that you sort of envisioned. Maybe you yeah. know, and 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 now you're like, oh, that was like that was a mistake. But but what if it wasn't a mistake? What if it was, you know, a one of the boldest most daring things you have ever done maybe in a few years i could see it that way <laughs> but um
0: yeah you know uh, this is, might be a, a jump around but like uh so i i went i i was certainly a, a super anxious person super anxious i would say as far as attachment goes super anxious prior to studying dating in fact the whole reason why i even got into self-help at all was that I would fall in love with, uh, I would fall in love. I remember actually, there's a specific woman in high school, girl, girl, you know, uh, I had a crush on her for years. I wrote her poetry and stuff. I was so shy and every, you know, I'd always get so nervous around her, you know, typical, you know, whatever anxiety, but I was so, so obsessive. And then her rejection made me decide I never wanted to feel that again. And that's when I got into pickup. And that's when I started reading self-help and spirituality and all this shit was to never, ever, ever feel that again. And, uh, which was like, I was actively trying to learn the avoidant ways, which is why Rolo's stuff uh, resonated with me a lot. I think, um, uh, I don't know why I brought that up, but I think that's a journey for a lot of guys though. When they go into studying dating, like they, no one goes into studying dating or like self help because they're like, Oh, I'm too, uh, I'm missing out on some, uh, emotional experience that I don't know about. No, they, they felt the pain and they're like, fuck this pain. I don't want to feel this pain again. I'm going to learn how to whatever grow balls or be a man or whatever, you know? Uh, right. So it's kind of like, and I can, now I feel a little bit trapped by, honestly, this sounds super arrogant, which is why I'm maybe only saying this on that, whatever. Uh, it sounds super arrogant, but I feel like I'm trapped by like a paradox of choice because I, I, my goal in when I was 20 was to have an abundance of choices when I was 30. And now I feel like it's hard for me to pick someone because I, I want to, I want to reap the rewards that I fought for for the last 10 years yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'm being, maybe this is, maybe this, I, I, I notice how narcissistic it sounds <laughs> out of my mouth. So maybe you have a it, point.
1: Like, yeah, it really is. And that's like, the narcissist is trapped. Like the narcissist, like the myth of Narcissus is this character that is like transfixed by their own reflection. They're stuck. They're completely stuck they're paralyzed their whole life passes them by like while they watch their own face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so for guys in different stages, I mean, I, I do imagine that most men who get into who are even interested in this topic and we're talking about men, I don't know uh, who else is who's uh-huh. listening to this. Um, it seems like most men start with like an anxious pain and maybe they stay that way or maybe they they flip depending on their schema or their environment. Maybe. Um, let's talk about like like advice for people in different stages because, um, it's probably different at different stages.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think, I mean, certainly, certainly like, obviously like these things, like, you know, the last 10 years you've done, uh, it's an adaptation strategy like like you that was a good example it's very clearly you know you had there was like there was you located the sort of uh the entry wound uh where you had this emotional experience and you were hurt and and you you were out of control you were sort of in your involuntary you were obsessing and you were you were almost, as you said, like anxiously attached to this woman, right? Mm-hmm. Did you feel? Let me ask you. By the way, I was, I'm just curious. Like, did you feel secure in the relationship at first, and then it sort of started to go sideways? Or, or and- well, the, the the whole story in in short form
0: is uh, I she she rejected me uh, after knowing I had a crush on her when we were like 15. And then I went through this, I got really into dating, I started reading all the David DiAngelo stuff, I started working out, listened to Eric Cartole, and then senior year, I was like, way more confident, muscular, whatever. Oh. And then uh, then I had the boss ask her out again, and then we dated for a little bit. And then, and then I became anxious again. I went right back into the old patterns, and then she, she uh, pulled away from me. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck!" I I, I did the I, I let go of the golden egg that I had, this avoidance egg. is like learning how to play at icy, uh, and
1: like, yeah. I, well, it. I mean, and it, it really highlights for me it what we're talking about <laughs> is you know insecurity on both ends is really driving these strategies, and we're talking about fear. We're talking about this fear that is it's a primal in the nervous system fear of rejection. I mean, what does that mean? Rejection it means abandonment. It means like it's it's an echo of this, of the primal earlier fear as an infant, that like if this object of our affection, of this, this, this person that we're bonded with leaves, it's a life or death emergency. Like we're gonna die. That, that's what we feel like in our nervous system when a person that we're bonded with leaves us, it feels like, I mean, the language we use is not an accident. Like you ripped my heart out. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what would that actually mean? Like you would be dead, right? That would be a, mm-hmm. a brutal way to die. That, we talk like that because that's how it feels. You stabbed me in the heart, you know? Yeah. Uh, we, we say these things because we mean them. That's how it feels, you know. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm thinking now. Also, like this is like, obviously Rolo doesn't speak about. Um, and I don't. I'm just bringing him up because I just read the book and I, I was I was moved by it a lot. But um, the uh, there are all these characteristics that are if you look at like a very standard. I don't know if superficial is the right way, but like the pickup view of the world of dating, which is kind of backed by. Um, basic understandings of anthropology, like the Red Queen theory and all that stuff. Uh, a lot of these behaviors that he recommends do work in the sense of, like, they do trigger uh, attraction in women. Or they trigger interest, um, and and it's uh, in a way like the the dark way to put it is, it's tricking women, for instance, to to be anxious around you or something. Even stuff like negging and like these like uh, these like black hat Techniques, if you will, are kind of like a way to like uh, make someone anxious in your presence. And I, I wonder, um, I wonder why that. I'm not maybe. Yeah. what your thoughts are on that?
1: I mean, well, I mean, just it, like it's kind of like the obvious question is, I mean, if you're not full of fear, why on earth would you want your partner to feel anxious around you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's your partner. That's the person that you love. That's the person that you're, you're trying to build a life with.
0: Yeah. I, I'd be curious to see how, uh, the dating worlds, and maybe we're actually pushing it like the dating worlds, uh, advice changes with like a deeper understanding of attachment theory. And, yeah. Uh, how that, and uh, yeah, maybe this is, this is a conversation that'll help push that.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've, I've heard in reference in passing, uh, references that it's a good book, but that Neil, Neil Strauss book, right? Like, didn't he have this sort of conversion or revelation around... Or oh, The Truth? Yeah, it's called The Truth, oh. yeah. It's a great book.
0: It only talks about how well it's written. It's one of the best written memoirs I've ever read, just on a literary it. level. No one ever talks about it because of the controversial subject matter. But yeah, I love the book. I might have told you about it and how much I love the book.
1: Yeah, and I, I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard, you know, references from other people in, in our sort of circle, uh, appeal, um, that, you know, people think it's good. And it just, it seems like, like, like there's an example of somebody that moved from, you know, he moved from anxious to avoidant to secure kind of ended up and, but he did a lot of work to get there. Right. Like he, obviously it was a journey, um, worth documenting. Yeah, I mean, it's an adventure story.
0: He also lived every young, anxious boy's fantasy of like sleeping with a bazillion women and all these crazy adventures. Yeah. Because, um, like, here's the thing that I, 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 and again, this is an avoidant perspective, I resist with the whole, uh, I resist with some of your maybe very accurate criticisms of me. I don't know. But, like, it's like the avoidant tendencies, the reason why that dating advice tends to be that. It's like it's almost it's like so much closer to like my conception of the hero's journey of like being out on your own and not needing anyone and then yeah then you you then you fall in love eventually and then come back home but like there's something about breaking off and being on your own that I do think is related to to masculinity and I might be I might be conflating terms to justify my behavior I I don't know I mean I I, I want to caveat everything with that but like um like like uh, Joseph Campbell's concept of the secondary father when you divorce yourself from your primary father's care, whatever your male role model was, so that you're no longer in his shadow. You might have to rebel against him just for the sake of like, I'm my own man now. And you seek out a secondary father who might be a mentor, a teacher, a coach, uh, a tribal leader or something because you're you're choosing what male traits you want to embody as as an adult male. And like that is kind of an avoidant behavior, right? To split off from your dad or whatever your male role model was. But that almost—I mean, even young uh, Campbell talks about how that's an important step in a man's development. Like that's when he becomes his own guy. Like uh, I mean, we, we talked about Iron John. Like they talk about the male rites of passage and the secondary father as well. And and maybe I'm calling that avoidant behavior again to justify stuff, but to me that it looks the same. Like you're you're splitting off and like being like I don't need where I came from for now. And then then he returns at the end of the story, always back to his village
1: well but that is you know like like secure attachment is a a feeling of like you have an island you know uh like uh, from which to explore that you and you don't need to be on the you know on the island like forever or or all the time you you can just kind of go and explore you know as much as you want and then when you want you can come back like you know, it's there. It's in your bones that it's there. You don't -hmm. don't doubt that it's when you turn away from it for a second, it's going to disappear. You, you trust that it's going to be there. So, so so a secure hero, if there was one in like
0: in star Wars or Lord of the Rings or some, some movie would leave the village knowing he's always going to come back. Although we rarely see that in the movies, right? That's part of the, it's like, it's almost like the anxiety is more relatable, I guess which is why no hero is secure because <laughs> that's part of his internal journey. But it, yeah. it seems to it, like it goes from anxious to avoidant. Like I have no, I have no parents or like there's so many orphan heroes for that reason, I think. And then he returns yeah. to security. So is it fair to say that uh, part of the journey internally is going, going to the extremes and then coming home? Is that just part of the human? because I, I, To be fair, I haven't met too many secure people. I've met. Oh, I met him after his twenty-five plus year marriage.
1: Yeah, but like I say, like you know, it, it's like there are all these sort of like myths that are that are driven by, um, well, I mean, they're driven by need. Like, like secure people don't fucking need. Like dating advice Self-help. or, or the couples therapy or, you know, like any of these books on like non-monogamy or, uh, you know, like, like why, why people cheat or, you know, they're, they're sort of like, that doesn't really draw them. The, the market. So how many secure people do you know um, in relationships? Well, but you, but you're, you're asking like the wrong you know, the wrong person because like, like a lot, I know a lot of, of people who, uh, friends of mine that I grew up with, they're all married with kids and, and and they have successful relationships and and they're not divorced and, and and they're, they're content. So, you know, a few assuming that you can take everything. Yeah. I know handfuls. I Mm mean, and, you know, I'm, I'm also, you know, constantly interacting with, with clients who, you know, are struggling with, you know, security and their bond. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm interacting with people, you know, in, in the sort of the, the worlds that we're in, and it's full of people who, who are avoidant or, or insecure, you know, I mean, insecure, avoidant or, or anxious, um, so it's really easy. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a fallacy. It's a, a, an attribution error, you know, because to, to sort of like take take our sample from the people that are immediately. Oh, well, I
0: wasn't asking about that. I was talking about, like, again, the, what stories are made of, what, what is entertaining to watch on, in a movie or a book. It's rarely a secure uh, character. I mean, those are, like, kind of boring. Because like, to secure, like, I'm thinking of, like, the secure hobbit was the one who didn't leave the Shire. Because he was just, right. I don't need an adventure. I'm happy. I got married. And, I, you know, I had two, 2.5 little hobbits. And, you right. know, the secure Jedi doesn't become a Jedi. He just kept keeps farming on Tatooine. Like, that's right. kind of, like, that's kind of, I mean, because, like, you know, basic storytelling, you, you kind of want a wounded hero. Like, you, know, you have to have a kryptonite, or you have to be an orphan, right. or you have to have right. be heartbroken.
1: Um, right. But look at the like what what was the most poignant relationship in in uh, the Lord of the Rings? I mean, I, I think it was it was Frodo and Sam, right? Yes, I guess, arguably what was, yes. What was Sam?
0: Not the main character. He was a right. secure kind of uh, sidekick, right? Yeah. The hero <laughs> because i and I, I'm bringing this up because I know this is again my judgments, but like. Um, when I hear about people who got married right after college, and I, I mean, it sounds so terrible because a lot of my friends did this, but they live kind of like, we, we call, I mean, the poly world calls it vanilla kind of as like a derogatory term, like it's kind of boring, yeah. right? Um, like to to not have that pain point that forces you on an unusual adventure, uh, to me, is a little boring. And maybe that's just me, but it's also what what we watch on TV. Like, I don't want to be
1: uh, like being sold that. That, that, that's all marketing that's marketing no, but I,
0: I don't agree because has there ever been a story in history where the person was just secure <laughs> oh i'm secure what's what, there's no internal journey i mean i think the internal journey is going in from wounded to healed, right so like you kind of it's almost like i mean this is one way of looking yeah. at it like we yeah. we we, we force ourselves or if you believe in any sort of soul beyond the body which i know you don't Maybe people do like you, you, you go through hardships in your life to give your ego something to do in this lifetime. Like you want to have that. Anyway, this is all like, judgments aside. This is all to say that um, the journey to security is what movies are made of. It's what, it's what a story is made of. It's the internal journey of the hero and the secure yeah. person in a movie doesn't get to be the hero because he has nothing to move. Sam, did, yeah. Sam wasn't interesting enough.
1: <laughs> right. Right. But but we're all moving just towards security, even secure people like, you know, they they had like it's it's still representative of their journey too. like in their journey, like sort of resolved, you know, earlier in in infancy or in in by uh, say adolescence. Like, but the journey towards security still happened for them. It just it was successful. So it still resonates with secure people, like those those stories, those narratives. They're still like ah, that's still they still respond internally. It's like it's the story, but maybe
0: they have less of a um, an impulse to live it themselves in their life.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've thought about that with like so. One of the most secure people I know is a guy I grew up with, and I don't know if he's secure in relationships. He might actually be a little avoidant, but he's like in terms of the word secure, he's just secure. He's not. He's, in, he's just secure about himself. Like, he's always yeah. been confident. He's always yeah. been, you know, personable, all that stuff. Um, but he has absolute, like, self-help doesn't really make sense to him. He's like, why would you? No shit, no shit. Like, everything that is, like, a revela- was a revelation to me when I was reading these self-help books. He was just like, yeah, obviously. Like, obviously right. you should, you know, speak up for yourself and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but he's also just lived a very normal life that is, like, no risk. I mean, nothing... Nothing that I would write a movie about, right? Because there's no suffering, not enough suffering for my taste, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, and so, yeah. I mean, we always, you know, we sort of for a secu- Well, I mean, for a secure person, all a lot of the stories, it's like happily ever after is how it ends, kind of too. Mm-hmm. You know, and for Back the security, ser- maybe for the secure person, that's that resonates. Like, but it doesn't really for you know, other people. I I mean, it's not to say that, like, you know, relationships are easy, even if you are secure. That's part of the point. I, I, you know, um, what was, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Brene Brown, Mm -hmm. you know, and her her work on vulnerability, and she, she calls them wholehearted people. The, the people that are sort of like, they practice vulnerability. And, and it's like, it's not that vulnerability is ever uh, easy or comfortable. By definition, it's uncomfortable because it's vulnerable. But the wholehearted people are like, this is part of life. Like, you have to do this. I You know, it's just the way it is. You have to be vulnerable. You have to say what you want. You have to, like, risk... You know rejection, you know. Whereas yeah. the avoidance and and the anxious people are like, oh well, no, but like you know, I don't want to do that, and like, or you know. Well, and- wait,
0: wouldn't you say uh, an element of being anxious is kind of like putting your making yourself almost too vulnerable or setting yourself up for the lows? Like that was one thing that was broken down in the in the truth narrative, Neil Strauss's book. Like, uh, an anxious person is almost seeking lows, and we've spoken about this, like, because maybe as a child they only really got attention from their parents when they had a problem. So like they're seeking problems all the time. Like, like, Oh, here's another shitty thing that happened to me. And, um, it's almost like a, it's like maybe, maybe you wouldn't even call that vulnerability, but it's like something that looks like it.
1: Yeah. Because, because, you know, there's a, there's, there is a thing that people learn that, you know, if, if something is wrong with me, then, then, then I can trust that you'll love me, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like Mm -hmm. because you have a reason, like, you know, If I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm an addict, if I'm a, you know, if I'm a complete mess, then you'll, then you'll be there. But if you're, if I'm not, then you'll leave, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, what, what do, you know, like people, people that have like doctors, children, uh, nurses, children, firefighters, children, Police officers' children, like any kind of any children of any kind of helping profession, uh, ironically, there's there could be an effect where it's like, well, what do they what what do they see? Their parents uh, being drawn to their parents' attention being drawn to people in crisis. Like when something's something's wrong with somebody, like somebody somebody got shot, somebody's house is burning down, somebody is very sick, and 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 mommy or daddy goes and puts their attention on them. And what does that what does that say to the child? What does the child learn? Oh, well, that's a way to get my parents' attention. Something's wrong with me. I was muted, but I was saying yeah. Um... Yeah, we have some we have some time.
0: So if anyone listening in wants to punch in a question, or uh, I can even unmute you if you have a question. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I think we we hit on a lot of the points with attachment theory that I wanted to get across, especially like when it comes to dating. Um, And and security is almost what like when I was in a more spiritual phase of life was viewing as like my goal of enlightenment. Like it's almost just like become secure and everything is okay. And and I do think some spiritual uh, lenses even lend it like the higher power concept to me is like a way of be really being in touch with yourself and being but
1: here's something. So you might like, maybe you'll like this. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not even sure where I, where I, where I heard this. It might've been, there's an amazing movie. Um, it's called hero. Uh, who's it? It's a Chinese director. Oh, um, it's i uh,
0: I've seen it. He dies of a bunch of arrows at the end. Sorry, spoiler alert. I remember that.
1: What is the the ultimate purpose of the true warrior? Mm -hmm. It's to put down his sword. Do you want to flush that out? Well, like, you know, you're talking about enlightenment and like all of these things that you've learned, you know, like at some point... Like the ultimate you know the the in the end and on a meta level at least, and i I really believe this about you it's like is is you know all of this is is all the ultimate purpose of all this is to like like let it go put put it all down mm-hmm. like the, like these these avoidant tactics and strategies you know or or even this this avoidant way is like it's like a sword it's your sword and like you know just just like in, in you know like a soldier a, a warrior is is you know they're there to fight they're they're there to sort of win the battle win the war but unless there's like an insane psychopath like that's not that's not where they want to be in battle like killing people and 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 Possibly being killed, they they want to actually put their sword down and live life. It's one way to put it. <laughs> but that that whole movie
0: here it wouldn't have been interesting if the guy wasn't a warrior in the first place. But
1: that was sure. But that was that like that was what's just so brilliant about not just that, but even even the, you know and it was really interesting in that movie. The villain, you know, the the emperor, the the sort of so ruthless emperor was sort of like that the hero was fighting against the hero was, was actually seeing that in the emperor in an incomplete way. The emperor him, himself had a, a, like a, like a greater goal, a greater agenda. And, and, and that, that goal was peace. And in a way it's like that, like the emperor was like an anti-hero you know because the, yeah. the the difference between a hero and an anti-hero is really like like the the difference is one of of like cost uh benefit you know analysis or or the the equation is like you know a hero is like nobody you know i'm not i'm not risking a single i'm not letting a single person die you know in in you know if i can avoid it and and in service of like a goal but but the anti-hero is like well you know may, maybe a lot of people have to die but but then you know billions of people are gonna be better off they're willing to make that trade-off yeah it's extra spooky
0: now that you have the the, the firelight in your face <laughs> all the more dramatic cool yeah. man um well i think we, we we hit on attachment theory here um uh yeah and I, I think there's a lot of applic- I, well, I think this is gonna, and it might just be amongst our circle of, of thinkers, but it seems like this is a a schema that really is applicable and helpful to people dealing with relationship issues, want to be better at dating, confidence. And I'd actually take you know the word security back down back to like what the word actually means, which is you know being secure in yourself, not just relationships, and how this is kind of like the goal of everything, even in spiritual uh, spiritual pursuits. Yeah. Um, so we might, we might have more discussions. I'm sure you and I will talk about this over coffee even more, but, um, sure. yeah. uh, where can people find have... out more about you and your work? You are a therapist
1: based in New York city, but you also work online as well. Yes, I do. Yep. And, uh, you could get in touch with me via my email, which is just J T E S K E Y at hotmail.com. Mm-hmm. And also Josephtesky.com, right? Uh, yes. That's cool. right. All right.
0: Sweet. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the discussion. This was awesome. My pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch the rest of my work, go to Rwando.com. Catch me on social media, at ruando, And please do not forget to subscribe.